No, he would, knowing him, he would never allow me to Good morning. Welcome to worship at Church of the Palms Presbyterian Church. I'm Pastor Phil Bliss. We welcome you here for our worship experience this morning. Delighted to have you tune in to us here today. This morning in our service, our prelude will begin with the uh, Jubilee Handbell Choir playing an arrangement by Vaughn Williams. Dr. McConnell is preaching this morning from Matthew chapter 22, verses 33 to 40, and he's preaching on the title, The Heart of the Matter. This afternoon, Dr. McConnell is leaving with a group as he leads a tour to Israel. So be in prayer for this group as they travel today and uh, throughout the next week or two as they travel through Israel. This is Communion Sunday, the first Sunday of the month, and uh, we invite you to, uh, in your absence, uh, join with us in our communion. And also, this is the first Sunday of uh, Daylight Saving Time. Our Wednesday evening uh, programs continue. Uh, we begin with a prayer for our nation at uh, 4.30, meeting in the chapel. This is followed by dinner in the campus center at uh, 5 o'clock, 5 to 6, 6.30. And then our evening programs continue, the classes continue at 6.12 p.m. A SHARE class, SHAPE class, S-H-A-P-E, begins uh, December the 1st, a Saturday. Uh, the timing will be from 8.30 on uh, meeting upstairs in our education building in room 208. This is an opportunity to learn about your abilities, your interests, your talents, your personality, your life experiences. 
and it's very enriching. And uh, I encourage you to consider that uh, for the start of next month. Again, welcome to you, and uh, we go downstairs for the beginning of our worship service. Welcome to Church of the Palms. My name is Linda Getson, and I serve as an elder, and I also serve as a, a member of the foundation for the Church of the Palms. We begin our service with the opening prayer printed on the cover of our bulletin. Now let us bow our heads as we prepare for worship. All-powerful God, we invoke your presence among us, for we need the knowledge and energy you alone can provide. Your ways are wonderful beyond our understanding. When our strength is spent, our vision clouded, and our hope gone, you reach out to us in ways we often fail to discern. We take heart to think that you are calling us to yourself, opening our eyes to see your wonders as if for the first time. We want to be a part of your faithful remnant in a world too often that loses sight of the holy. Help us, we pray. Amen. Now as our service continues, with reverence, let us prepare our hearts and minds as we listen to the prelude.
Good morning. On this All Saints Sunday, we remember all those who have gone to God before us, and we also remember that this is the day that the Lord has made, and let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let us worship God. Please be seated. Friends, God listens to all our prayers, and God loves us and forgives us and answers every one of our prayers, knowing that let us pray together our confession. Merciful God, you pardon all who truly repent and turn to you. We humbly confess our sins and ask your mercy. We have not loved you with a pure heart, nor have we loved our neighbor as ourselves. We have not done justice, loved kindness, or walked humbly with you, our God. Have mercy on us, O God, in your loving kindness. In your great compassion, cleanse us from our sin. Create in us a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within us. Do not cast us from your presence or taken your Holy Spirit from us. Restore to us the joy of your salvation and sustain us with your bountiful spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. God has listened to our prayers and have heard our prayers and has forgiven us from all our sins and shortcomings. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. the disciples of Christ, let us say what we believe together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now let us greet one another in Christ's name.
Good morning. Welcome to Church of the Palms. We are so glad you are here within these walls with us as we wonder what God wants us to do outside of these walls. And that's a good thing. That's a part of what worship is about for us to be commissioned into the world. And so we hope that you will find this to be the case this morning. Lots of good things are happening here at Church of the Palms. We would certainly love to know of your presence by your filling out the friendship pad so that we can note those folks who are sitting near us. Grab that pad, pass it along. Any information you need for us to know, please include that on that pad and we will do our best to respond to you. We have uh, a lot of things to, uh, to share with you today about great things that are going on. We are in the midst of our stewardship season and uh, last Sunday we uh, had our first uh, a round of commitments come in and we're very grateful for all of you who have responded so kindly and generously. Uh, we look forward to receiving uh, as many commitment cards as possible. Uh, cards are available in your pews, and so we invite you to take one. If you've not yet had a chance to make a commitment, you're welcome to make a commitment even if you're not a member of our church. And uh, as we seek to together wonder about how God will uh, shape us and use us into the year ahead. So we invite you to do that. We, uh, we are looking forward to the Advent season, and one way that we celebrate Advent here is we ring the Salvation Army bell, right? Okay, and uh, that is available for you to sign up underneath the tree uh, to take a couple of hours or maybe four hours at different times during the Advent season. I think we're back at Publix ringing away. Is that right, Lori? That's, that's right, right, right behind us on Beneva and... Be Ridge. So we'd love to have you help us out, sign up underneath the tree, and uh, that's a great way for us to be a witness in our community. We uh, also are making flu shots available this coming Saturday here on the campus, so if you've not yet gotten your flu shot and wish to have that um, wonderful experience, we invite you to come and um, get your flu shot on Saturday. Our key chorale here in Sarasota will be performing here this afternoon in uh, the sanctuary, and we invite you to take note of that information in the bulletin and come and be a part of that great musical experience. We celebrate uh, with Paul Perkins today, who celebrates, 90, he celebrates his 90th birthday this week, a milestone birthday, so reach out to Paul and tell him yay. And uh, Norma Claypool's uh, memorial service will be this coming Friday at 11 o'clock here in, uh, on our campus. And then the last a couple things, many of you have been asking over the week, is there anything that Church of the Palms can be doing, should be doing uh, for the victims of Hurricane Sandy up in the Northeast? And uh, we invite you, of course, to uh, look at all different kinds of alternatives. There is the Red Cross, of course, it's doing immediate work. Uh, the Presbyterian Disaster Assistance Fund is available for you. You can go online and find that if you'd like to make a contribution through the Presbyterian Disaster Assistance Fund, or you can write a check to Church of the Palms and call it Storm Recovery, put that in the note, and we will attach that to our Disaster Assistance Fund in our mission budget and uh, make those funds available to Presbyterian effort up in the Northeast as we seek to respond to those who are in need. So uh, pres uh, Storm Recovery would be the, the note on your check, send that to Church of the Palms, and we will direct that toward efforts of uh, assistance and relief up in the Northeast. And then lastly, uh, 48 of us are heading off to Israel this afternoon. Um, yay. Um, uh, everybody that's seen me today said, what are you doing here? Which is a really nice welcome into, uh, no. Um, 
but we are leaving this afternoon. And uh, so you can pray for us. We'll be away for 10 days to the 14th of November. Looking forward to a great experience. If you'd like to follow the trip along, I'm going to be posting uh, some posts on my blog. This is a shameless effort to get you to read my blog. Um, and uh, you may want to just go on our website. There's the pastor's blog there and check out what our uh, how our journeys are going and uh, the things that we are learning. And uh, we look forward to bringing, bringing you back great news of our, of our efforts there in Israel. Now I'd like to invite the children to come forward for the children's moment. Good morning, everybody. How are you guys doing? We also actually have four Saturdays at the Macy's for the bell ringing. So um, for those of you that Saturday is more convenient, um, you can check under the table today. They'll be signing up. How's everybody doing? Great job bringing your Bible, Dale. Awesome. And Grant, excellent, excellent. Our third graders, excellent. So we all month are going to be talking about cooperation. And cooperation is working together. And you know how big our God is? You know how great God is that he can do everything all by himself. But since the beginning of time, God has chosen to use people to get his work done. For example, there's this guy that he used when he asked him to build an ark and put the animals on the ark when he was going to flood the land. Who was that again? Noah. Noah, right, that he used Noah. Well, he could have done that without... Noah, but he chose to use Noah. He partnered with Moses to, re to lead the Israelites out of slavery. Even when Jesus walked on the earth, Jesus partnered with friends and disciples to go share the love of God everywhere. So, sounds like God wants us to cooperate with each other. And I was thinking about some things that you guys might do that you would need cooperation or you'd need some help. Has anyone ever, like, been on a teeter-totter? No. Is it really old school? <laughs> Is it oh, good. They do still make teeter-totters. can't really teeter-totter alone, can you? You've got to have someone on the other side. I know you guys have played hide-and-seek, right? How fun is that alone? You're going to go hide, and no one's ever going to come find you? Oh, my goodness. So God wants us to work together, to cooperate. But you know what else God wants? He wants us to work with him to get things done that he wants us to do. So our Bible lesson today comes from Exodus, which is the second book in the Old Testament. It goes Genesis, Exodus. Moses had just led those people out of slavery, and they're resting at this place. So Moses will go up this mountain. See Moses? Moses. Moses will go up this mountain, talk to God, come back down, tell the people what he just learned. Then he goes back up the mountain, talk to God some more. Come back down and tell the people more stuff. And he goes up the mountain again, and this time God says, Moses, I got a job for you to do, and it's a humdinger. I want you to build me a tabernacle, and here are the instructions. <laughs> Holy cow! There were so many details for the instructions of the... Do you guys even know what a tabernacle is? No. Do you know, Chris? You remember, I know you studied, it's sort of like a church where the Israelites could go and worship, and God promised that his spirit would be there. So it's kind of like our church. So if we were going to build this church, what kind of skills would we need to be able to build this? We need someone that could work with wood. What about, look at the glass, the stained glass. We need someone that could work with glass or candles or lighting or technology. 
It's almost impossible for one person to have all those skills to do that. So God wanted them to work together, to cooperate, which is why our memory verse for the entire month comes from Ecclesiastes 4, verse 9, and it says, two are better than one because they can help each other. So just like the Israelites couldn't just do it one person at a time to build the tabernacle, just one person can't be the church of God. We've got to work together. Will you pray with me? Creator God, thank you for giving us friends and partners to do ministry with. Together it is so much more fun, and together we can accomplish so much more for you. Help us to cooperate. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, guys. Clearly, the children's moment is the sermon that's awaited more in this, in this church. <clears throat> we are grateful. If you, page, if you turn to page uh, both five and seven of your bulletin, first to page seven, you'll see the names of all those uh, members of our church who have entered into the church triumphant this past year. Included in that list are the names of 54 of our people. Many of those people are near and dear to your hearts Some of them are your loved ones. And so it is that on the first Sunday of November, we celebrate All Saints Day, and we do so with a litany for All Saints, which is found on page five. Will you please join with me as we remember those who have preceded us in death? God of all ages, we praise you for all your servants who having lived this life in faith now live eternally with you for disciples and martyrs and saints of every time and place. For those who have served bravely, witnessed faithfully, and whose light still shines in the world. For those who have known and loved, who by their faithful obedience and strong hope have shown to us the mind of Christ. And for those of our church family, whom we now remember in silence. Keep us grateful for their witness and together Give us a sure faith that we may, without fear, trust those who are dear to us to your never-failing love, and then, at the last, bring us with them into the inheritance you have promised us in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us continue our worship through the presentation of our tithes and offerings.
Lord, with our whole being, we worship you. Even with the material things in our possession, we dedicate these to you. May these offerings we now bring be used for your glory. May, the, may they bring blessing in this place and may they impact lives in this community and around the world. And we pray this through Christ our Lord, amen. Our scripture lesson this morning is from the Gospel according to Matthew, the 22nd chapter, beginning at the 34th verse. Hear the word of God. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. We are grateful, O oh Lord, that there is one to whom we can go who has the answers to the questions. We are thankful, O oh Lord, for your word that reveals this one. And ask, O oh God, that we may hear in your word that word you have for our lives for the sake of your son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray, amen. I love the story told about Hank Aaron, the great home run hitter, when one day he came to the plate and catching behind the plate was Yogi Berra. And Berra watched as Hank Aaron was taking his practice swings there at home plate and he could see that Aaron had the trademark on the bat, you know, that says Louisville Slugger, had the trademark on his bat facing out the wrong direction. When you're young, you, you learn to keep the trademark on the outside of the bat so that the ball doesn't hit it. Well, Yogi Berra spoke up to Hank Aaron and said, you know, you're supposed to, you're supposed to hold the bat so you can read the trademark, to which Aaron replied, Yogi, I, I didn't come up here to read. I came up here to hit. <clears throat> this morning, I'd like to ask you a question. What did you step up to the plate to do? What did you step up to the plate to do? Life invites you and me up to the plate, doesn't it? Every day when the sun rises and our eyes open by God's grace, life invites us to step up to the plate. And every day when we step foot out of our bed and we take our place at the plate, the question is, what did you come to the plate to do? Now I submit to you this morning that the answer to that question for you and me relies less on the, the tools we bring, 
i.e., a Hank Aaron's bat, than upon what lies at the center of our lives. What, what lies at the center of our lives will be the greatest determiner as to what happens when you step up to the plate. Truth is, every great athlete, including great home run hitters, will tell you that success comes largely not from the, the tools they have, but, but from what is happening at their center. Physically, it's very true. Baseball hitters will tell you that they're hitting comes not from their arms, but from the center of their bodies, how they rotate their hips and establish the center of gravity. Golfers say the same thing. A, a good golf swing, with which I am unfamiliar, <laughs> is supposed to come from the, from the center how you move your hips from the center. Tennis players not only, not only swing from the center, but after they swing, they make sure they get back to the center of the court. A, a football running back establishes a low center of gravity. What you do when you come up to the plate will have a lot to do with what lies at the center of your life. Because, you know, life is a, a little bit like one of those Russian nesting dolls. I got one recently from a, from a good friend of mine in this church. You, you know what I'm talking about, those Russian nesting dolls, one of those dolls that when you open up, you find another doll, and then you open it up, and you find another one, and you keep going until you finally find the doll at the center. Some of you have received presents this way. You know, you have this big box, and you open it up, and there's another box in it, and then another box, and another box, and finally you find the gift in the middle. Life is not as much about what's on the outside as what's on the inside. What lies at the center determines the value of everything else that surrounds it. Now, the default center for every human being is the self. Kind of like that default setting in your computer, which is the setting that your computer, you know, will go back to unless you tell it otherwise. Well, the, the, the default center for human beings is the self, themselves. The default center for human beings is, it is about me. The doll that you will usually find at the center of every human nesting doll is ourselves. You begin to see this at about the age of two when we see our children and we hear them say, me, no, mine. That's a child expressing their center. My granddaddy used to say that the best way to illustrate original sin is to put two two-year-olds in one room with one toy. <laughs> that is the center. That is the default, me, mine. Now, the world is full of people who have consciously or unconsciously chosen not to change the default. They, they began with themselves, and they wish to continue with themselves at the center. So, so when they step to the plate, they are there for themselves. But, but spirituality, that is the spiritual journey, the Christian spiritual journey, is the desire and the yearning to hold on to a different center. Spirituality is the desire and yearning, hear this, to find and hold on to a different center than yourself, to change the default. I suppose that's what lies at the core of the lawyer's question to Jesus, albeit poorly motivated. The lawyer comes to Jesus and asks, teacher, what is the greatest commandment? What is to lie at the center, teacher? 
He was, of course, wise to ask this rabbi, for it was this rabbi that posited himself as the center, the center of creation, the center of history, the center of the universe, the center of Judaism, the center of the human condition. Teacher, what is to lie at the center? And Jesus asks, answers directly. He reaches back to the Torah and brings forward two commandments. The first from Deuteronomy, the second from Leviticus. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus says something totally radical after he says this. He goes on to say a brand new thing for Judaism. He says, you know what? On these two commandments, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. You shall love your neighbor yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Everything. In other words, these two commandments I just quoted to you, they're not just like two really good ones or two of my top ten or two of my favorites. No, Jesus goes a million miles past that to say that every law, every opinion, every edict, every regulation, every swing at the plate, every nesting doll, all of it is contingent upon the commandment to love God and love your neighbor. In other words, human beings were created and designed for loving God and loving their neighbor. It is the core of our being, the center of our existence. It is the fuel for our engine. It is the heart of every matter. Now, what that means for you and me is incredibly good news, the good news that even surpasses saving money on your car insurance. <laughs> the good news is this, that the goal of your life has already been established. It was established since the beginning of time. You were created to love God and love your neighbor. Now, there's some pop psychology out there that will tell you that, that you were created to love yourself, that you should find a God and a neighbor that will help you love yourself. No, Jesus turns that all around and says, love God, love neighbor, on your way to loving yourself. You see, not only do we have a goal for our lives, a center, but the goal and center that Jesus gives us results in the incredible joy of loving and being loved back. Imagine what our lives would be like if we woke up every morning and the first thought was this. Okay, what am I going to do today to make sure that one, God gets loved, two, my friends and neighbors get loved, and three, the world gets loved. What am I going to do to make sure God gets loved, my friends and neighbors get loved, and the world gets loved? What if we started the day with that question? And what if every evening, we guys, we got ready for bed and we reviewed our to-do list of all the things we did that day, and, and we said to ourselves, what did I do today to make sure that God got loved, to make sure my neighbor got loved, Make sure the world got loved. What if your life, let's ask it another way, was a reality show, you know, like uh, Dancing with the Stars that shows up on our screen at home sometimes? 
And in this reality show, you get handed, a, say, a $50,000 check at the beginning of the year, and you were told that you get a year to love God, you get a year to love your neighbor, you get a year to love the world. And at the end of it all, the judges were Billy Graham, Mother Teresa, and Martin Luther King Jr. They were the judges. How are you feeling? Intimidated? Well, you know, in a sense, that is exactly what our lives are. On this All Saints Day, we're reminded of what the Hebrews writer said when he said, we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, the saints. So let us turn and run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the great pioneer and perfecter of our faith. We are surrounded by the judges. We are surrounded by the saints. And every year we are given an amount of resources, we are given our time, we are given talent, we're given treasure, and every day we are invited to step up to the plate. And the goal is love God, love the world, love your neighbor. The goal is to swing from that center. The truth is that's what your life is. That's what we get to be. We get to be lovers of the world. We get to focus our lives on loving God and loving our neighbor. And it begins right here. It begins right at our communion table. It starts right here in the Feast for the Kingdom because right here is where you and I discover how much we are loved. In this is love, not that we love God, but that God loved us and sent his son to be the worthy sacrifice for our sins. You see, the love that is to be found at our center is not a self-manufactured love. Jesus doesn't command us to come up with our own love. It is not within our capacity to do that. No, we start the love thing by first opening opening our lives up to God's love for us. Letting God's love pour into our center. And the more God's love pours into our center, our cup runneth over. How much you love God, how much you love your neighbor, it is dependent on how much you have let God love you. It is the heart of the matter. Remember the story of the two brothers who were farmers. And one of the brothers had a, had a big family, a wife and six children. And the other brother was a single man. And they both lived in the same farm. And one day the brother with the family got to thinking about his brother who was alone. And he said to himself, you know, God's been so good to me. I have my wife and my six children, but my brother's alone. He has no children to support him when he grows older. I will quietly take some bags of grain from my barn and sneak them over to his barn so that he will have, he will have, he will have enough in later years. So he'd wake up in the middle of the night and he would sneak a bag of grain over to his brother's barn. About the same time, the single brother got to thinking and said, you know, God's been so good to me. I have an abundance and I have very few burdens, but my brother has many mouths to feed. When he grows older, he will need more to support his children and his grandchildren. I will quietly take some of my bags of grain and discreetly take them over to his barn so that he will have what he needs in years to come. Every night he did as the same as his brother. And finally one night, of course, they met each other with bags of grain in their arms and they began to weep and they embraced each other 
And it is said that rain fell from heaven, that were the tears of God, for finally two had figured it out. What will be the center of your life? For you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind and soul and strength. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. meal that Jesus' disciples were off in the corner arguing over who was the greatest disciple. 
arguing who came before the others. And Jesus told them that the one who's worried about being first should put themselves last. And so it is that he gathered his disciples at this table. He had all the right arguments. He was always in the right, but chose to bring the disciples around this table to remember, to help them remember maybe that lesson from before, that the one who seeks to be first should put themselves last. It is this love that gets poured into our lives today at this meal. And we gather with all the saints, all those who have finally figured it out, all those who know what, it's, what life is all about. And they join us at this table along with the presence of the Holy Spirit, encouraging us as we seek to discover really what is the center of all life, what is the greatest of all the commandments. So you are invited and encouraged to come to this table to join with that great fellowship, to join with the one that we know as Messiah, to join with the Holy Spirit, to know that God is here to encourage us to live out the commandments he has put before us. So hear the words of the institution of the Holy Supper of our Lord Jesus Christ as they are delivered by the Apostle Paul. I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the same night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread. And after he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, take and eat, for this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And after supper, Jesus took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you remember the Lord's death until he comes again and he will come again. Let us pray. We thank you, O oh God, that you give us the chance to push aside all the clutter of our life and to be reminded that you are the inviting God. You are the God who invites us to this table. You are the God who would seek to have all included at this table, that all might know what love is all about, that all might look at the cross, see there the Lamb of God slain for the sins of the world, and know that this is love. Help us, O oh God, to receive these gifts. May they become for us spiritual food. May they fill us at the center, that we may be that cup that overflows into all the world that the world might see in us, not our love, but the love of God in Jesus Christ. For we pray this in his name, and we pray the prayer he taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, amen. Our Lord took the bread.
is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. For surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. After supper, Jesus took the cup.
Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. He who loves knows God and loves God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that God loved us and sent his son to be the worthy sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. For no one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. praise together. Father, as we have received these gifts of bread and the cup, you have fed us with this spiritual food in honor of the body and blood of your Savior. Thank you for assuring us of your goodness and love and that we are members of your body. We pray that you'll renew us through this by your Holy Spirit. Unite us in the body of your Son and help us to grow in love and obedience and in the power of your Spirit to work for your praise and glory in order that we may finally be brought to that table where all of your saints feast with you forever. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with you now and forevermore. Amen. You're watching another live telecast from the Sanctuary of Church of the Palms in Sarasota, Florida. These weekly presentations of our 9 o'clock traditional worship services are brought to you locally on Comcast Cable Channel 189, as well as on the Internet via live streaming. Church of the Palms is a Presbyterian Church, USA. We invite you to attend events and studies with us throughout the coming week. For instance, Conversations with God, Prayer 101, Wednesday at 6.12 p.m. in the Chapel Reception Room. The study is hosted by Dale and Ann Volrith. There's a study called Breaking Free, Wednesday at 6.12 p.m. in Room 206, Freedom in Christ, what does that really mean? In rooms 205 and 207, Wednesday at 6.12 p.m., Cultivating the Fruit of the Spirit in Your Life, presented by Dr. Alan Rada. These Wednesday studies are preceded by dinner in the campus center from 4.30 to 6.30 p.m. Why not make plans today to join us in the coming week for fellowship and study? Next Sunday morning at 9, we'll return with another live telecast from the Sanctuary of Church of the Palms in Sarasota, Florida. This is Jimmy Lance with a reminder that tomorrow is the observance of Veterans Day. It's a day for grateful remembrance of the many sacrifices veterans of the United States have made. Some made the ultimate, 
and final sacrifice. In that spirit of contemplation, we bring you the voice of Catherine Jenkins singing the hymn to the fallen.